Last week, my guy left me. He went on a vacation <laughs> to California. He's in Palm Springs. Didn't invite me, but I'm glad he's back. Paul Moyer, how you doing, man? Uh, it was a lousy trip, by the way, but I'm, I'm doing well. <laughs> you know, it was about 90 degrees, sunny the whole time. They, down there Sounds for lousy. Wedding. Sounds lousy. Had the whole family down there, so it was it was a good time. But happy to be back, especially, look, I don't like missing Seahawk games. I haven't missed many in the last 39 years. That's kind of weird, but... Um, it was a good win for the Hawks. So they they play. I thought it was their most complete game. Yep, most complete game. Good win for the Hawks. They take down the Arizona Cardinals. And the thing that stuck out to me the most about this win was that that box, that defensive front. I'm looking at that defensive line. You had six sacks from six different players. Also, your secondary got involved with the sack as well. Ryan Neal got himself a sack. And I loved what Clinton Hurt did up front. He was slanting. He was twisting. There were stunts. Those are the type of things you need to do to get this box going because I feel like, Paul, they don't have just the guys who are just bigger, faster, stronger. I'm just going to run you down to the ground. you got to get creative with your your uh, attack. Yeah, especially in a 3-4. And, you know, the one thing, you know, the first five games of the year and what really jumped out this game was it's the first time I saw Jordan Brooks free. Yeah. He was able to run gap to gap, and he made some big hits. And he's electric. I mean, he, he is an exciting football player. And when he doesn't have to take on a guard and have to battle that, you know, two bears the whole time and, <laughs> and come off that and, and, and make a tackle. And he made some big hits. He, you know, he, he ran down Kyler Murray a couple times. Uh, they kind of abandoned the running game pretty quick right. at, at that point. But it was, uh, I, I thought it was Monet and Puna Ford. You know, they were creating havoc. Um, I never saw their offensive guards release right away and get two, three yards into our defense and attack our linebackers. And that's how a 3-4 has to be played. Because if you don't allow, if you allow their guards, offensive guards, to all of a sudden just release immediately, and you're not coming off as a defensive tackle or, or nose tackle making those plays, man, it's going to be a long day. And what it was forcing uh, the charge, or excuse me, uh, charge soon to be, Cardinals. The, the Cardinals to do is they had to stay two guys on one. Right. And so it allowed, it really freed up Jordan Brooks to have an exceptional game. So now it's about keeping the good times rolling. Mm. The defense has struggled all year. This or last week against the Arizona Cardinals, we had offensive linemen who were out. You got a couple running backs who were out. You didn't have D Hopkins. You took advantage of the situation. But the best part about that is now you think you can do it. You believe, right? I think these guys have always believed, but now it's on film. Like, okay, Clint Hurt and these guys are putting a game plan together that we can get behind. And then once again, Paul Moyer, for four weeks in a row, Tariq Woolen comes up with an interception. He got NFC Defensive Player of the Week last yeah, week. This is the second time. The first week we had a Chen and Wells who has NFC Defensive Player yep. of the Week. This past week you got Tariq Woolen as Defensive Player of the Week. When you watch this young man play, former DB Paul Moya, <laughs> break him down, man. What do you see? Well, he has a skill set that we just haven't seen. Uh, you know, he's six foot four. He runs a four two forty. Um, you know, people want to compare him to Richard Sherman. They're, they're, they're different players. Yeah, they are. I mean, Richard Sherman, um, you know, he's strong. He's stronger in his body. I mean, T Tariq still will still get to grow into his body, and, and he'll, he'll add more muscle as time goes. Not that he needs it, but Richard Sherman was great up in press. You know, um, football IQ off the charts, could read the quarterback, all, all that stuff. They're different players. They play different sides of the field as well. Uh, Tariq Woolen, though, you cannot run a go route on him. No. Cannot do it. He's too fast. He's too long. Uh, I was I mentioned it earlier. I go, to get a deep pass on him, it'd almost have to be like you'd be on a very tall 10-foot or 10-story building and drop the football straight down when the guy was running <laughs> by to get over Tariq Woolen. And I think people are going to be very discouraged uh, trying to throw it to him. So we're going to take away one side of the field as the season progresses. The other thing is, is, is speed. I mean, he can actually get beat temporarily. Uh, usually separation is a, is a death killer for a DB because the quarterbacks are so good, so accurate. Yeah. He's so fast, and his closing speed – if you don't throw it the second their separation, he's going to undercut that thing. So, um, and then the other thing is it's his ball skills. I mean, he has that he was receiver, a receiver ability. He was and a receiver. So, um, look, it's early. You know, we're six games into it. He's got four interceptions. Yeah. Uh, it's early. I, I can't crown him anything yet. No. But uh, the, the trend is looking well. 
and he has a chance to be one of the great, great steals of a draft. We call Tariq Woolen in the Twitter game. He's trending, right? Trending. You're trending. Right you type in uh, Tariq Woolen in your, your, your search, and, and you will find well, that. Let me ask you this. Yes. What, you're, a, you're a wide receiver. And that's the hard part, because I, I think if you brought him in on a slot, you know, maybe you got a shot with him. Yeah. Even though, again, his speed and he's learning. Again, I would say, you know, his trajectory is, is straight up in the middle. It looks like a, a stock market going straight up. He's learning so fast. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you think you try and beat him? Man. It's hard. Teams it's are, hard. It, teams are going to try and find they, his they weakness. They are. They are. And what you do is, and how you beat ADB is you want the hips turning. Once you get the hips turning and you can influence, that's how you beat them. The thing with Tariq, that, that pick against the New Orleans Saints was probably the most impressive to me because he played a bell technique. He opens up. Boom, I'm running. I got my eyes on the quarterback. I got the receiver right here uh, on, near my backside. And what we're taught to do is you get into that blind spot to where he doesn't know where you are. He's got to feel you. And I felt like that receiver got into that blind spot and he felt him and he broke on the football. What that tells me is that he's watching film. Then we talked to Ryan Neal. Ryan Neal says, look, man, before the snap, we saw the down, the distance, the formation, and we knew what was going on. So how do you beat him? You got to get the hips turned. How do you do that? Man, you are extremely dramatic with your body (laughs) language and what you do, and you hope that your quarterback is on the same page. It's tough. 6-4, runs a a 4-2. He's baiting guys right now. He's playing like a veteran. Um, Another rookie who got his chance to shine last week was Ken Walker. 21 carries, 97 yards, one touchdown. He had a 17-yard play, direct snap to him in that first drive. Then they give him the football again. He goes 34, 36 yards. I look at this dude, and I see shiftiness, but I see power at the same time. There are three rookies starting for the Seahawks on offense right now that are contributing. Yeah, you got five rookies who are playing 75% of the snaps. Yeah. You, know, you mentioned Woolen earlier and Kobe Bryant as well because uh, we, we pretty much played 75% nickel uh, with five DBs at least l- so last week. And if, yeah, you throw in maybe six a- at times too. Um, so uh, Walker, let me, I don't know if we've had a running back like him before. It's different. Um, it, the, the quickness – so – We've had Penny and Carson. They hit a hole. It's usually pretty much straight ahead. You know, Penny would try to maybe, I don't want to say bounce it outside, but he would slide it outside. Yeah. But it, but it was usually still straight ahead and then then move outside. This guy will literally stop in a hole, jump back a yard, and he has the quickness to get around the, the outside. Uh, he is so shifty. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I've not seen a running back like that for the Seahawks that good. And he had over 20 carries last week. You know, again, if we get him 20 carries, a game he's going to be pushing 100 yards pretty much every game because he's so electric he's going to make people miss uh his best run to me was the one that was to down our right sideline towards the south uh end zone the one that's actually enclosed um it ended up being a 20 yard 21 yard no yeah i think it was a 21 yard run he was completely bottled up at the line of scrimmage he did just what i said he bounced it back about a half a yard and then got to the corner he got tackled by three guys had the power to get through those guys kind of spun through that and then down the sideline and a guy just dove and caught his ankles if he didn't it might have been one of the great third 35-yard runs in yeah. Seahawks history. He is that good. So when people were saying, oh, why did the Seahawks draft a running back in the second round? Yeah, that's a pretty good pick right there, guys. <laughs> and, boy, uh, without him, we'd be in deep trouble. Yeah, Ken Walker looks shifty. He's explosive. And he breaks tackles better than what you expect when you when you size him up and you look at him. He was here last week when you were having Mai Tais and laying in the pool and, and doing all Doesn't that stuff. Doesn't matter who's here. He, he, came, he came here. Just and, come here and, and you'll sat, have a great game. Day. You will. Every, every guy that's every come here on and sat Live. on this couch has had a good game. Let, let me tell you what else they do with Walker that I thought was great with uh, um, uh, already drawing a blank because I've been out a week. Oh, which is some of the design <laughs> plays. They ran, a, he put him in the backfield. They, they, they uh, motioned him out to the left and he was probably eight yards uh, motioning out soon as we got the ball we flipped it out to him and created kind of a bubble screen for him a quick screen yep they just want to get him out in space he needs touches oh man get him touches he's a special guy he's the type of guy that needs 15 to 20 touches in the run game which i think they're committed to doing and a guy that needs two to three touches in the bubble the screen in the pass game maybe, somehow maybe uh, i look I think he could be like an Alvin Kamara. 
or Camara, depending on how you want to say his name from New Orleans. I'm learning to say Camara. I think I know, that's how you're I, supposed I, to say I, it. I, I always listen to the people on, on uh, the TV, and then I say, okay, well, they both said it the opposite. So <laughs> it's one of those two. But they same thing. They just want to get him in screens. They want to get him out in space. Yeah. He's so electric. That's Walker. And I think now that he is the guy and they start to realize all of his strengths, you're going to see him in all kinds of things. We're going to see him screens. We're going to see him with motions. See him in, in the shotgun situations. Direct, you know, Wildcat. Uh, he's going to be a, a big part of this offense. All right, we spent a lot of time talking about some rookies, and that is exciting for the Seattle Seahawks offensively and defensively. But when we return, we will give you the Los Angeles Chargers preview. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Beautiful couple in the front, couple over there on the side, have a nice little dinner. You know, I mean, we got some activity in the back. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff going on here at Bellevue Square. You got beautiful couples hey, and you know, all kinds of stuff. Whatever you need, it's here. It's a good spot. Bellevue Square. Good spot. So uh, let's talk about these Los Angeles Yeah, Chargers. there you go. You wanted to say San Diego. I wanted you? to, but uh, you grew up closer to to. San Diego than yeah, I did. I did. So uh, it's probably more likely that you say it than I say it. But let's talk about these <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers, man. And I, I look at them, Paul, and I see, I look at the record, right? They beat the Las Vegas Raiders 24 to 19. They lose to the Chiefs, right? Everyone does every now and then. Yeah. You lose to the, the Jaguars, not expected. 38 to 10, they lose to the Jaguars. Then they barely beat the Texans, barely beat the Browns, barely beat the Broncos. When I look at their, their schedule and their wins and their losses, I'm saying, man, they can get it. They can get it. But then I look at their offensive weapons and their defensive weapons. I look at their offensive weapons. We all know the offense. You got Justin Herbert, a guy who threw for 5,000 yards last year, 35 touchdowns. I feel like he's a volcano waiting to erupt this year. Hasn't had a really big game. And then you look at their defense. You see the guys that they brought over. You have Khalil Mack that's there. You have J.C. Jackson, a corner who led the league in interceptions the past four seasons, 25 interceptions. And I'm thinking on paper these guys look good. But when you look at the film, you break them down, there are some weaknesses in this team. And um, offensively, I see Eckler. I call him Mr. 25-25. He has 25 receiving touchdowns, 25 rushing touchdowns. You got Mike Williams. Keenan Allen sounds like he's going to be back. So on paper, we look outmatched. But on film, when you break it down, this looks like a game that the Seahawks could win what are your thoughts on the Chargers? well i think you're right on paper because they have some big names uh, you know you know bose is not going to play so nope. that that hurts him and keenan allen if he's healthy this week that, that changes it because the one thing about mike williams who's a really good wide receiver he's pretty much straight line right you're right he's not a guy who's you're worrying about running double moves a bunch and uh, actually i think tyreek warren and him would be a great matchup along the way uh keenan allen i heard he practiced today he's still limited um so so We'll see what we're there. They're, they're just a strange team to me. They've always been strange. Um, you know, they have a head coach who's a defensive guy, and yet they threw for 5,000 yards uh, last year. Last week, uh, Herbert threw 57 times. 57 times. Averaging 42 passes per game. That doesn't sound like a defensive coach. It doesn't. You know, at, at all. But um, they're, they're running. Here's why I say we have a, a, a good chance to win this game. One, it's going to be in L.A. We'll probably have a home field advantage. We'll, we will be <laughs> louder than Chargers because Charger fans, or even when they were in San Diego, and I grew up about 80 miles from there, they were an afterthought. You know, I mean, you just you, you got to pull teams, you know, up north. Um, you're not really getting anybody south of San Diego that are coming to, to the games. Um, so so we'll we'll draw well there, too. Two, where we've been successful are teams who don't run the ball well. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, again, last week, obviously, against Arizona, go back to the Chargers. Um, I, I guess Detroit maybe is a, an outlier there. But I think if we can make them one-dimensional, I think our strength is more in the passing game defensively. Yeah. I think we match up well. We've got some skill guys that are learning. Kobe Bryant's getting better. You, we've, we talked about Woolen as well. Michael Jackson's playing well. You now you got Jones and you got Burns. We're, we've got depth there. And then our safeties are finally starting to figure out their, their game too. So I, I like this matchup. Um, I think we're going to try and run the ball a ton. But I don't think it matters. If you try and take our running away offensively, we'll throw it. Yep. You try and throw our, take our throw, we'll, we'll run it. And I, th I think we saw a little bit of that last week. And uh, Gino ain't going anywhere. I mean, he's just been nothing but consistent. So it's a big game because this is a stretch run 
who were playing a bunch of good football teams. Not a bunch of great teams, a bunch of good football teams. Um, I don't think we have what I call a really easy game until Carolina, and, and there's no such thing really as an easy game. So, um, look, four and three. Got a chance to be really be all made in first place all alone. This is a big game this week. All right, so let's look at the numbers a little bit. All right, so offensively, the Chargers are the seventh-ranked offense in the league. They are averaging 374 yards per game. You talk about their run game. They're only rushing for about 95 yards per game, but I think they're going to look at this film and say everyone else is trying to run it on them. We are going to run it on them as well. The Arizona Cardinals rush for about 146. You take yeah. away a 42-yard gain by take Kyler, away Murray, Kyler Murray. Murray, and you're around 42 yards yes. of rushing. All right, and now let's look at their pass offense. They're the number three pass offense. So that's why I look at this secondary and I say, okay, secondary, last week it was about the box. How can these guys get to the quarterback? This week I'm thinking, okay, hold it down on the back end and allow these uh, these defensive linemen, these linebackers, time to get to the quarterback because this guy's only been sacked seven times, Justin Herbert. Yeah. So when I see that stat, you've only been sacked seven times, there's two things that I think. All right, you're getting the ball off quickly. You have offensive linemen who protect. I watched the film, Paul Moyer. Every now and then they get it off quickly. They're looking for their shots down the field, and their offensive linemen do attack. So if Tariq Woolen can be solid, if Mike Jackson can be solid, Ryan Neal, if Quandre can be solid, then I think that the the roles will be reversed. Hold it down in the back. Give these guys up, t uh, up front time to get after the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you look at some statistics, you know, look, Justin Herbert's really banged up. He's got some ribs. They're coming off a Monday night game. Uh, he's beat up. I don't think he played well last week. And no. Again, Denver's a very good defense. Um, they're only averaging 6.7 yards per attempt. And, you know, in today's game, that's not that big. Uh, you know, I think we're pushing about eight yards with Geno Smith. Um, you, know, you know, again, he's completing a high percentage of 67%. Uh, just don't give up the big play. Don't give them people, make them one-dimensional. Shut the running game down like we did last week. And I'm talking about the running game means the runners. And what's different is, look, Kyler Murray killed us, and you had uh, Taysom Hill killed us. Those are guys who are not running backs, right? <laughs> so, you know, we can bottle up Eckler just a little bit, and you got to really watch him in the screen game. That's the thing that you got to take away from him. Nothing big, and I think we're getting better defensively. It's a game that's winnable for us. Deep middle when it comes down to 20, 25 yards down the field, in the middle of the field, Justin Herbert is one of the best in the league at completing that pass. So naturally, I look at Quandre and say, it's about time, baby. Come on now. You have five interceptions to pass with three or four seasons. You don't have one yet. You let the young man, 2-7, get his. It's time for Quandre to get. And last week, he I almost had an interception. Yet. Two times this yep. year, he's had his hands on the football, but the ground kind of dislodged it from him. Yeah, I, look, last week we played a lot of man-to-man, -man, and I think we're going to continue to do that because you got to have contested throws. If you don't get quick pressure in your play zone these quarterbacks are too good and so i think maybe we found something last week it allowed us to play tight coverage where they weren't throwing it as you mentioned it gave them some time to get to the rush uh and again we had a great great obviously a great job sacking last week so don't think we're going to get six sacks this week but i think we can make <laughs> uh, herbert un uncomfortable make him uncomfortable make a move in the pocket and hit him Quarterbacks don't like to get hit, Paul. Especially Moore. they got bad ribs. Yeah, now you got to be careful, though. You can't hit them too hard. You can't hit them too low. You can't hit them too high. QBs, you got to get them right at the numbers. They're yeah, special, I'm Moore. Like, I'm not even They're saying special. anything about quarterbacks. They get in trouble if you say anything remotely mean about them. But, uh, yeah. We don't get fined here at the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Right? Y'all going to find us? <laughs> No. Heck no, nah, ain't no commissioner here. Where's Goodell? All right, when we get back, man, we're going to chat with the guard, one of the guards for the Seahawks. That's Phil Haynes right here on Hawks Live. Right now, myself and Paul Moyer are joined by Phil Haynes. Phil, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How about you all? We're doing well, man. You know what? Last week, you played 100% of the offensive snaps. How's that body feeling? How's that game feeling? Uh, you know, it's always a little sore, but, I mean, it's always great to – to get out there and help the offense play. And it was good I can go out there for 100 concerns of snaps this week, so it was great. Last week, uh, again, I thought it was one of the most complete games on both sides of the ball. Um, but what is Ken Walker? Now you got a new running back behind you. You had Penny. You had Carson. Does that change you guys at all in the way you do things, the way maybe that you try to screen some of the defenders? It doesn't. We do the same thing no matter what. Um, I mean, of course, with Ken, He's a little bit younger than those guys, so he has a little bit of that explosive power that uh, 
He brings something a little different, but we still do the same thing. We're blocking um, as far as we can, no matter what. Hey, Phil, one of the questions going into the season was the offensive line, obviously. You got a lot of movement going on over there. How do you feel like it's it's been working out with that offensive line, and how close are you guys? I think it's the closest. I've been here for four years. I think it's the closest we've ever been. Um, and, I mean, we have a lot of young guys, and I think that's kind of a good thing because we uh, we all kind of hang out together. No one really – I mean, Dave has a family, but never really has families like that. So we all kind of hang out together, and it's, all, it's been pretty good, honestly. I think we've been gelling pretty well. You know, Michael Bumper, he was a wide receiver. I was a DB. And if you're one of the top wide receivers, you're one of the top DBs, you're going to get playing time. An offensive line, man, it's, you know, if you're a guard, you know, two two guards are starting, r- rarely three. And so you got Gabe, you know, Damian, yourself, all three are not just capable starters, good starters. Matter of fact, most people would argue you were playing probably the best of any offensive line last season towards the end of the year. How does that competition work amongst you three? I mean, I know all three of you want to start, but uh, how's that relationship and the competition work? Honestly, we, we have a great relationship, all three of us. And, we love each other. We support each other when we're both down or down. And uh, um, I'm only one that can play both, so I'm the backup for both spots. But uh, uh, we love each other. It's, it's an amazing group. Now, obviously, you have a, a different quarterback in the huddle. Um, Russ used to take a knee and talk to you guys. Gino walks in and talks to you guys. Two different quarterbacks, two different styles. Um, what do you? What have you seen out of Geno Smith this year? And what is he like when it's third and five, and you, you got to complete this pass or, or make this play work? What's his demeanor like? He's calm. He's he's very calm. I think he's probably one of the calmest quarterbacks I've been around. I mean, him and Russ, but uh, he brings a passion too. Um, when we score, it's just you know he cares so much about us, and he's seen so much of like our, our players go through so much that he he loves us, and we all love him so. It just brings a passion and uh, a sense of calm to the offense. We're visiting with Phil Haynes. And, and Phil, you mentioned this is your fourth year. It's kind of hard to believe. I bet uh, time flies by. But you got to two rookie tackles, and you got one next year. Did, did you have any idea that these two guys would – well, I think Charles Cross probably knew was going to start. But uh, would you, any idea that they were going to be as good as they were? You know, I had no idea. Um I mean, obviously in camp, I got work at both sides, so I played beside both of them, and they were good. And they've, and the thing is, they've gotten better every week, and it's it's amazing. I mean, it's a testament to the line coach and the group that we have that we surround these guys and how hard they work. Phil, obviously, this offense looks different, and outside looking in, it could be the play calling, um, it could be the personnel, but how different is this year's offense compared to last year's offense? I don't think it's too much different for us up front. Um, I mean, we're, we have a we have Andy. Uh, he's been with us for two years, and he's working the uh, the calls and all the stuff with us before. Um, so I mean, I think it's been good um, having Austin come in from the Rams. Kind of similar offensive scheme. Kind of brings that knowledge of the scheme into with us. So I mean, it's been good for us. It's a second year in the office, kind of learning it, um, getting better at it. Does it change you guys at all going for Because it's not that uh, Gino can't run. He's actually pretty mobile. It's just that's not his first game. But does it change the way you guys do things? I know in the past, like the tackles, when Russell used to escape, they were always trying to say, hey, make sure you don't pull, you know, when Russ gets outside the pocket. Does it change any of your guys' techniques, knowing that you got a true pocket passer in Gino? I mean, it really doesn't. Um... We kind of know where he's going to be. That's like the only thing. But uh, like you said, Gino is pretty mobile and he scrambles and he can do pretty much anything he wants on the field. So you always got to be ready for anything. I think the rest of the the world has been surprised by Geno Smith. Uh, for those who have been around him and watched him work over the last few years, maybe not so much. But uh, did you expect him to have this year? And I'm asking a bunch of things like, did you expect it? Did you expect it? But really, he's been kind of the the story of the NFL. But did you did you think going into the season he was going to be as good as he was too? You know, honestly, I I didn't think it was going to be this good, but I knew he was going to be great. Um, I've been on the scout team with him for uh, three years, and I've seen him work day in and day out. I mean, you guys aren't watching the scout team. We're not even running offense. We're just trying to give the defense a good look, and I've seen him get better, help receivers get better, help me get better, help O-linemen everywhere. 
and I've seen his tenacity and just how hard, how much he loves the game. And I knew he was going to be great coming into the season, so it wasn't a big shock to me. Phil, you seem like a laid-back type of dude. We've interviewed Charles Cross. We've interviewed Abe Lucas, um, Gabe Jackson on our, our 10 to 2 show. Um, are you a talker? What, what do you like when, when the helmet is on, when the pads are strapped on? Uh, what, what's it like for you on game day? For me, it's honestly trying to keep my mind clear. I'm not much of a talker. Um, I know some guys are, but I'm just not. I mean, I kind of try to keep everything in how, like, and keep us together, keep it, make sure we're calm. And, um, so, I mean, I, I try to just stay to myself and keep my teammates together. You're from Raleigh, North Carolina. It's a long way from uh, Seattle, that's for sure. You mentioned again it's your fourth year. You settle into the Northwest. Is is this a place you like hanging out? I do like hanging out here. It's uh, it's pretty nice. I enjoy I enjoy the the Washington Reds. So I mean, they have a good wine up here. <laughs> that they do. <laughs> hey Phil. Yeah, What's it like for you on your off day? You know, you, do you hang out with offensive linemen? Or do you kind of stay home and do your own thing? Are you are you on the game? What's a what's an off day like for Phil Haynes? Um, I know there's a lot of guys who are on the game. Um, I kind of do it sometimes, but you know, I just kind of relax, try to work on my body if I if need be. Um, maybe get some food with a couple guys, but nothing too crazy. Just kind of relaxing. You guys have played some tough defenses, you know, starting with the, the Denver Broncos way back when and uh, even last week, you know, when you, you got a, a pretty good front four there. What, what do the Chargers bring to the table that's unique? Um, I think every week we play great D-line. Um, we have to worry about Khalil Mack this week. I mean, he's a great player. Um, so that's one thing we need to focus on and making sure we know he, where he is all, at all times. Um, they have a good defense scheme too. I mean, it's very similar to ours. So, just knowing, learning the scheme and making sure we know where their guys are and what they got lined up is paramount. So, we're trying to make sure we do a good job of that. Hey Phil, when I was in the huddle, when I heard uh, Tris Wright two point wide corner, I knew that I was about to eat. That was my play. I'm like, oh yeah, let's get it. Is there a play that you hear? And I'm sure you're a professional. You're gonna go hard no matter yeah. what. But is there a play that you hear and you're like, oh yeah, let's go? <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's honestly the any run. I mean, when you get those runs, you don't get a lot of them, so you got to take advantage. But I like like power inside zone. You know, the, the mid zone. Honestly, we run a lot. It's 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 beautiful. Um, it's just fun to do, and just, I love it. In your fourth year, Phil, you know, we asked actually Abe Lucas and, and Charles Cross this earlier. Who are their mentors? Um, in your fourth year, are there still people that? Are mentors for you on this team? Absolutely. Gabe Jackson is probably the, the one of the, the primary guys. I mean, him, Austin Blythe have a lot of experience. Even guys like Damian Lewis, who might be younger than me, but we all kind of collectively uh, learn together. So um, I think I think we have a good group. Tell me about these Chargers, man. What, what do you expect from uh, from the Bolts this week? From what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the charge. They call them the bolts. So what, what do you okay. what do you expect from the charges this week? Honestly, man, I'm not we were really worried about them. We're worried about us. We're just trying to right. keep getting better. Um, so as long as we keep getting better and just put it on tape, we uh, I'll be happy. First place. <laughs> you control <laughs> your own destiny, man. That's what makes it fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Phil, man, we, we appreciate you taking time out of your day. Uh, make sure that body's good to go. Sounds like that mind is always going to be right. And uh, you have a good night, man. Yes, sir. Y'all too. All right, that was Phil Haynes. Hey, come join us here at Hawks Live at Bellevue Square Center Court where you have a chance to win gift cards from the Bellevue Collections Dining District. Tonight, they're giving away gift cards to Duke Seafood, Ascend Prime, and Steak, Sushi, Fogo de Chao, Tavern Hall, Daniel's Boiler, and Thai Kitchen Bird. All right, when we return, we will go around the NFL. Myself and Paul Moyer, that's next right here on Hawks Live. Now it's time for us to go around the NFL. We focus on last week, the Cardinals, right? We focus on the Hawks. We talked about the L.A. Chargers, this week's opponent. But we want to know what's going on around the NFL. One of the things that stuck out to me, Moyer, is Tom Brady. Mm. Now, people see Tom Brady, and they see him yelling at his offensive linemen, 
And to the average person, they're like, oh, my God, what is he doing? <laughs> why, why would he do that? You know why? Because he's Tom Brady, and he's trying to win ball games. And he has done enough in his career to where when he speaks, God's going to listen. He got seven of them things, seven Super Bowl championships. Mm-hmm. So it'd be different if there was like a Kyler Murray yelling at his offensive lineman the way that Tom Brady does. But when you've done so much in your career, you've accomplished so much, God's going to listen. Yeah, and if you're the leader and you're the – I don't know if he's the best player anymore but uh, on his team, but um, I was – Someone said, is he getting preferential treatment? And I said, look, you don't have to treat everybody equal, particularly on a football team. You just treat them them fairly. I mean, there are guys that have earned that right. He's earned the right to to rip into his team and and show show them the way. I'm not sure he's earned the right to miss a walkthrough practice to go to a wedding on a Friday. You don't think so? No. The greatest of all time? No. Seven Super Bowl championships? No, no. Look, he can do some other things, but I'm like, first of all, it's Kraft's wedding. That's another team wedding. If you want to, if it was the Tampa Bay owners' wedding, maybe. (laughs) I I had a little bit of an issue with that one um, because I just said, hey, no one else would be allowed to do that. And there's some things that I think cross the line. Hold on, but you just said. I I said. You just said. I said that. I said that. He can get away with a lot of things other people can't, and you give him certainly some latitude on certain things. Uh-huh. But there's one where I'm like, come on, man. I go, I've never heard a player be able to skip a practice to go to a, somebody's wedding. Never. So Have you ever seen a quarterback win seven Super Bowls, though? No. Well, look, you can talk me out of this <laughs> real easy. First of all, you know me. I got a man crush on Tom Brady. Uh, you know, the way he treated my son, I won't go into that story. You've heard it many times. But I think he's a special human being. I really do. And I think he's one of the greatest that's ever played any sport. And he's proven that. But when you've also got a team who's struggling and you're all trying to come together, it's just some things I think you need to pick and choose. I don't think that was the best choice. Yeah, I feel that. I'm not mad at that at all. Yeah. I mean, you're in the middle of the season. You're battling. It's not like you guys are undefeated and things are, are going perfectly. Yeah. There's some things you need to fix. So, no, I agree with you. I just got to give you a hard time because no, that's, okay. that's what I do, Paul. Yeah. I just give you a hard time. All right, so let's talk about, you guys ready? Who are we going to talk about right now? Russell Wilson. Who's Russell? All right. You guys remember that guy? War number three, won some championships, or won a Super Bowl out here. Um, I'm looking at this man post-game, and he does not look like himself. He doesn't have the same look in his eye. Uh-uh. The shoulders are rolled forward a little bit. I'm a real body vibe, body language yeah. type of guy. It's not the same over there. And he got everything that he asked for. He wanted, like, complete control of his offense, and he has it, and he's not being successful. There was a point in the game last week, though, on Monday night, where I thought he's back. He started off 10 for 10. 10 for 10. And I'm like, okay, this is this is the Russell that we're used to seeing. And then something happened. He finished just, like, 3 for 11, something like that, in the second half or 15 yards. It didn't end well, but he does not look the same. And... Um, how difficult do you think this part of his life is? Because he's had so much success, right? Define the odds. I'm 5'10". They want me to just play baseball. I shouldn't be a quarterback. They probably told him to be a wide receiver or a running back at some point. But he goes, no, I'm going to be a quarterback. Then he has 10 years of just success. And now, after six weeks in Denver, or at least in the regular season, things aren't going as planned. Look, it's a lot harder when it's not your family. Right. And he could have got away with that here. When you draft him, they're your family. You love them unconditionally. You go somewhere else, you're a hired gun. And if the things don't go well, look, the fans have turned on him. They wouldn't have turned on him here. No. If he had never said I wanted it, didn't want to trade and I'm working through it. You know, look, Russell was our guy. And but he, he turned on us and he, he got what he deserved there. But I do feel bad for him. I do. I feel bad for him. Um, because he's never gone through this kind of adversity. Right. He's gone through, oh, you don't think I'm good enough, and he's proven to people wrong. You know, when he was at, uh, went to North Carolina State, and then he went to Wisconsin, then he came here, and he was a third-round pick, and we had Matt Flynn. And so he's proved everybody wrong, but right. now he's struggling for the first time. And you're right, his body language doesn't look right. And what's, what's scary for him is they're trying to make him a pocket passer. He's not a pocket passer. I think he's starting to are, realize that are for they the first trying, time. I mean, this is what he wanted. Are they I trying know. to make him a pocket passer or, this, or him? this part of his plan? Well, right? I don't know. I mean, there's some people we could probably call to find out answer. But, um, look, I just think right now they're going, oh, shoot, 
this is not what we thought it was going to be, and we got to change this up, and he's going to have to buy into it. Uh, he's beat up along the way. He's older. Uh, it, it, there's only one under six foot tall pocket passer I've ever seen, and it's Drew, Drew Brees. Drew Brees. And I, I don't know why he was more successful than other. Maybe he's more accurate. What about maybe Doug Flutie? He hasn't been years. They Come Doug on, Flutie man. Has some good years, he man. wasn't a pocket passer either, man. <laughs> no, no. There's none that I know of. Um, Russell was the one guy that started to make that, and Drew Brees, that you don't have to be over six feet tall. Yeah. But you've seen it with Kyler Murray. They're trying to make him a pocket passer. He's not a pocket passer. He's a electric outside. There's so many things you can do to be a great quarterback without mm-hmm. just being a pure pocket quarterback. The passer. Um, so I, for the first time, I felt bad for him, though. Hey, we'll talk about our feelings towards Russell Wilson later in that situation. But yeah. let's talk about what a win against the Los Angeles Chargers means for the Seattle Seahawks. Because if they get this done, all right, the Rams are on a bye, I believe. The Niners are playing the Chiefs. If they get this win, all right, that puts them by themselves on top of the NFC West, something Mm. that people didn't really expect to happen. So I think that this is a huge opportunity for this group. I think that the defense has turned a corner. They show that they can get her done. I look at the offense and I go, all right, it wasn't the greatest performance last year, but you did enough to win. You scored one touchdown, a bunch of field goals. The the one area that that needs to improve, in my opinion, you just got to make sure special teams is clean. Because two weeks in a row, right, you got – points scored on special teams against you when you're trying to punt the football and um, you've missed a few field goals later and some muff punts yeah and look Gino that wasn't his best game last week it wasn't a bad game I'm expecting not though, at all. him to be elite uh, like he's been the first five weeks. He missed on a couple passes down the middle. I thought he could have pushed him outside a little bit for maybe one touchdown or two to tie or lock it. But other than that, I thought he played pretty well. Uh, it's a big game because coming up after that, you have the Giants who the surprise of the league at 5-1, and one, but very beatable. Arizona, we just beat at Arizona. We'll have home field advantage again. Tampa Bay struggling. Vegas has, what, one or two wins so far. And then you got the Rams who are struggling. They can't run the I mean, they are struggling offensively. So these are winnable games. With the NFC West, at one point you thought no chance. It's it's there for the taking. It's there. And so, yeah, this is a huge game. The Chargers are a very good team that's just inconsistent. Um, they're coming off a Monday night game. Their quarterback's a little beat up. It's a winnable game. And if they go 4-3, and three, watch out. Winnable game. Let's go get this win. And you know who's going to help us get this win? Boye Mafe. We're going to interview him next right here on Hawks Live. Right now, we are joined by rookie Boye Mafe. Cap it up one time for this guy. <laughs> there we go. Boye, thanks for taking time out of your week. I know this is not convenient. You might want to be at home doing something else, but you are here with us. So we appreciate that, man. Uh, thanks for having me out here, honestly. You know, I'm glad to be out here. <laughs> awesome. So um, off air, we were talking about just where you would be typically in your college season. So right now, you'd probably be on game number 10. Getting ready for like rivalry week around yep. that time. Getting ready. Um you have an idea if you're going to make it to the college playoffs or not, but you're just getting started right here in the NFL, man. How's the body feeling? How's the mental? Uh, it's definitely, you know, it feels really good, honestly. And, uh, you know, it's with this schedule and the way that things run in the NFL, you do get a lot of time to, like, focus on your body. You know, a lot of time, you know, you don't have class. You don't have all the other distractions. So, you know, this time, really, you get a time to focus on yourself, focus on what you need to do, take care of your body, you know, cold tub, Go to the, the Normatec boots, you know, stretching, massages, whatever you need. But you have that time now, and it's really up to you to take advantage of that. Is that something that you are used to doing? When I was in college, man, a long time ago, uh, I thought I was invincible. I didn't take care of my body the way I probably should have taken care of it. Is that something that you learned in the NFL or something that you've done throughout your career already? Uh, I mean, I, later in my college career, I started to learn that. Uh, kudos to my strength staff in college. They honestly, they spent a lot of time emphasizing that and really talking to us about how we needed to focus on taking care of our body and how important it is. You know, once you get into the later part of the season, it does get, you know, wear and tear on your body. So we really emphasize that throughout the whole season. They taught us as much as they could. And, I mean, there's more things that I've learned, I realized, in the NFL in the short period I've been here that, 
I didn't do enough. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you grew up in Minnesota, went to University of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. So it's Big Ten, and then your coach, Fleck, I mean, he's really turned that program around. But you were mentioning maybe just some things here. How, how big a difference is it the way they treat you in Minnesota, just from training, food, recovery, to now you all sitting here with the Seahawks who have the finest things in the world? Is there that big of a, of a difference? Yeah, I mean, you know, college is definitely changed in the way it's ran and the things that are happening in college are different now. So I, I say I feel like in Minnesota I had a lot of the things that I needed and all the things that if I didn't have it, they would have a resource or a way for me to get to it. But in the NFL, I feel as if there's the next level of that. And for me, I realized that, you know, everything or anything I need is really just, it's all you have to do is open your mouth and ask. And I've started to realize that, you know, oh, I need a uh, mas uh, massage therapist. Okay, we have a list of people you can call. Oh, I need this. And so I'm starting to learn what I need and my routine and what things I would love, you know, to have happen throughout my week. And that's the biggest thing is finding your routine and how to prepare your body for the next game and the next game and the next game. Is there a guy on the team, I, I always ask, is, that really mentors you to help you? where to ask, what you need to be doing every day. Because, look, you, you really, you go from school, you're in school, you're only allowed, what, 20 hours a week with the players in college, to now this is a job. You know, you get here at, what, 7 in the morning. But is there a guy that really is uh, pushing you through to be that mentor? Uh, for me, I've really just leaned on all the veterans. Uh, they've been helping me out in any way that they can. They literally... At any time I ask, you know, we have a really good team, a very healthy locker room where people are willing to help and share with what they know. And like I said, like it's, I realize now at this point, it's really just being willing to ask. As long as you're willing to ask, somebody's willing to help you. And uh, I kudos to the team, and I appreciate all the guys. You know, Quinn and Jefferson, uh, uh, Chenna and Owesu, like a lot of those guys have been just there for me to talk to. And they're just even if I'm talking about the game, talking about. I don't even know anything I really need to know. Sure. So your, your football journey has been interesting because you didn't start playing until, until high school, right? Yeah, I, I went there. So my middle school, I went to boarding school in Nigeria. And then my freshman year, I came back and started playing again and getting into that whole swing of things. So it was a little late journey. You know, not I didn't have the whole starting at five years old like a lot of people. But, yeah. uh, you know, it worked out for me. And I, I think it, it, it's a benefit. And there's things that I learned from it. And I learned for myself. Uh, you know, I didn't have like that ingrained young childhood yeah. traits of football. So I got to learn things at older and learn it in a different way. I think I heard you say that um, people were impressed with your performance at the Senior Bowl. And I want to say I saw a quote with you saying, you know, I just did what the coaches were asking me to do. And I thought that was so pure, man, because throughout a journey, a lot of guys start football early and they have so many different influences and coaches and tell them how to do things. So I almost think it was a blessing, man, that, right. you know, you, you started late and you are, you're already such a great athlete that you got this coaching. Did, was this always your position or when, did, when you started football, did you want to be, everyone wants to be a quarterback when they start <laughs> playing football. Did you want to be a quarterback or, or what was that, that like? Uh, honestly, I was, my first position was receiver. Okay. And then I quickly realized I didn't have sticky hands like that. <laughs> and so started to find different positions. I uh, played linebacker throughout high school and then got to college, started playing a little bit of edge linebacker like that. And then uh, once, you know, once I declared that honestly told me, because that's one thing I didn't realize. I thought I'd be with the D lineman for the combine. Yeah. Ended up being with the linebackers. So I really didn't know where, what type of position I'd end up in. And I just kind of said whatever falls my way or whatever is asked upon me just go out there and do it yeah how much you weigh in right now uh ooh, i don't know it's a, <laughs> <laughs> are you uh, 260 yeah plus? 260 plus yeah and and you really a 40 plus vertical inch jump yeah. <laughs> that by the way that's just unbelievable yeah. <laughs> to, be, to be that big but if you look obviously with flash coming out of college was your edge rushing mm -hmm. i mean you had that explosiveness to it now it's kind of interesting because you're getting a lot of playing time particularly the last two games mm -hmm. and you know the, the part with you in the running game has been pretty impressive is that natural for you or is that the part you're learning the most on right now uh, I mean, I'm learning more how NFL offenses work, and that's the biggest thing I've learned. But also, I mean, playing the Big Ten, as you know, they run the ball a lot. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not a really a primary oh, yeah. passing league. So for me, I've just, you know, taking what I've done in college and kind of those type of things and understanding how to play the run and what it takes to play the run. So uh, it's quite an adjustment to play the different type of offenses and the different type of ball that is played in the NFL. But... No, I definitely like playing the run. You know, being in the Big Ten, that you pride yourself on playing good run defense. 
they call you a freak, <laughs> one of the one of the freaks. And the reason why is he ran a sub, you know, four five forty, crazy forty and a half inch vertical. He's two hundred and sixty pounds. Um, as you, for those who are here, can see him. I mean, it's just you're you're an amazing athlete there. So, Thanks. but has that always been something that you know you were a better athlete than than most people coming up uh, as an athlete? Uh, I think I, I grew into that. You know, for me, you know, I came to college and I was 215 wet, you know. I oh, was wow. light. I was very light. But, you know, the strength staff and everybody, and I honestly, my strength coach is pushing me. I remember times I'd get in the weight room and we'd be squatting or doing whatever. And I'd be like, that's a lot of weight on the bar. And then my coach <laughs> just looking at me like, well, you better get underneath it. <laughs> so, you know, then that, just them pushing me to you know, see what my body can do and see what I can do as like an athlete. And I just kept pushing myself and, you know, especially during the combine training, finding what things, you know, how I can improve myself and working on mechanics and working on how to run. You know, that's one thing yeah. that I had to relearn the whole mechanics of running and everything. You have uh, Nigerian roots. The NFL is a program to where they go back to Nigeria. They're trying to get them in the game. Um, what was it for you that that attracted you to football? And were there other sports that you were interested in when you were coming up? Yeah, uh, it's actually quite funny. So my dad, first sport he ever tried to get me into was tennis. Really? He uh, He's a big fan of tennis. He watches the U.S. Open, all the whole nine. So he wanted me to be in tennis, took me to golf lessons, I, baseball, the whole nine. And then I uh, actually watched my older brother. Uh, he played. Uh, so him and all my cousins what he play? played. He played football. Football? Yeah, okay. yeah. So watching him play, and I just see him going out there doing his thing. And he was a heck of an athlete, you know. Some people say he's better than me, but that's how. <laughs> Is that right there? He's in the yeah. back. Hey, hey. <laughs> but uh, on top of that, you know, just seeing that and watching that growing up as a, as a young age, you know, being in fourth, fifth grade, watching him do what he's doing, you know, you know school's coming to talk to him. And then when I came back, I was just came back from boarding school. I was just like, let's, let's see what happens. And then. I kept playing it through high school, and then one thing led to another. I actually got my first interest from a college, was from basketball, and then I got my first football scholarship off of track. Wow. They saw me running on the track, and they're like, this kid can play football, <laughs> which I don't know how that correlates, but hey, it worked out. <laughs> what, what, uh, what events did you run in, in track? Uh, I did hurdles, high jump, long jump, uh, triple jump, shot put, uh, one tens. I so, mean, so you you were winning uh, winning meets for your, for your school alone. <laughs> like your boy over there, you got to win that for. So my 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 son in law is Nigerian, mm -hmm. a good athlete, but uh, he cannot play tennis. So I got to ask, you, <laughs> do you still play tennis? Uh, for fun. For, that's, for that's fun. strictly for fun. Were, I can't. Were, were you good at it though? Uh, I I was too young to tell. Okay. <laughs> That's a, that's that's a fun sport there too. But mm -hmm. one, one other thing we heard you, you love doing is you love fishing. Oh yeah. So in Minnesota, the, with all those lakes there, uh, that that's easy. That's an easy one out here too. But mm -hmm. talk about your your fishing expertise. <laughs> I mean, it depends on what you talk about. But <laughs> for me, I love all types of fishing. You know, if we're bobbing or if we're using rigs or jigs and using all those things, uh, that's the funnest for me. You know, going for largemouth bass or depending on you know sometimes you catch a rock bass or sunfish even using a bobber and just waiting for a sunfish to come out there and things like that so uh, honestly just being on the water i think it's peaceful and that's the one thing i love about fishing it's it's peaceful and then all of a sudden you just feel that little and once the fish bites on you're in for a race and that's that's what i love about fishing See, you're speaking that northwest language right now <laughs> you gotta go to bass bro shop or, or something like that out here um so last one we got for you man and I always love asking rookies this question because uh, I'm sure Moyer remembers this moment. I remember my moment. What was it like when you suit up, you put on an NFL jersey, and you're like, man, I, I made it. Like, this is, I'm living out a dream. It ain't over for you. You just can start it. <laughs> but what was that moment like when you realized that everything I worked for um, is coming to reality? Uh, it was crazy, honestly. Uh, I remember it was Pittsburgh, our first preseason game. We fly in, we walk around the stadium. And so my, uh, my college DC was from Pittsburgh. And he actually, we had some things back in the day where he'd call our defense, like Pittsburgh names and stuff. So I was sitting in the stadium, I call him, I'm like, guess where I'm at? And then he was like, where are you? I'm like, I'm at Heinz Field. And oh. he was like, what? And I'm like, yeah. And then it was just like a fruition moment. But when that next day we put the pads on and I walked out, we ran out of the tunnel and just seeing all the fans and then being on the field, I was like, oh yeah. 
this is the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, we're excited for you. We see all the potential that you have, man. I think last week um, you were getting going, man, and, and we expect more this week. Clap it up one more time for Boye Mafe. All right, that is Boye Mafe. When we return, we will go inside the film room. We'll break down Ryan Neal's sack, Ken Walker's touchdown run, and then, of course, Rick Woolen's interception. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Right now, we are going to go inside the film room. This is when Paul Moore and I break down a play. The first play we're going to break down, Ryan Neal, man, he sacks Kyler Murray in the second quarter. Awaiting the snap. Seahawks blitz. Murray steps up. Murray goes down Ryan Neal. Times it perfectly. A safety blitz. And the Seahawks, Dave, we're going to do a lot of that with Jamal Adams. Neal has now taken over that role. A six-yard loss. Boy, he was right in there on Murray instantly. All right, what'd you see, Moyer? Yeah, nothing crazy. I, we end up sending four guys, but they have an empty backfield, which means they only have five guys who can block our guys. And we have six guys up on the line of scrimmage or around the line of scrimmage. So the offensive linemen, if you... You know, they've got to stay on their guys. Uh, it's it's really this is a tough one for offensive line. That's why I always hate empty backfield. I go, it has to be thrown quick. Yeah. And Kyler Murray does not throw it quick. Uh, we're manned up across the board. Um, and then our two backers drop out at the last minute. Nawosu uh, to our right. And then uh, Jordan Brooks, who's on our, the center. He's trying to occupy the center in this situation. And they're going to bracket that number three receiver uh, just to – because it's a mismatch there. But nothing crazy. Uh, it's just a four-man rush, but, you know, they, they don't pick the blitz up properly. And, you know, Ryan Neal stunts around and comes between the tackle and the, their left guard, and they, they don't pick it up. And Kyler Murray, as great an athlete he is, he wasn't good enough to get away from Ryan Neal on this one. It's almost like he sneaks up on you like, hey, I'm right here. We call back in the day when you could blindside people. We used to call like hay blocks. Hey, you block? know, like you turn around like, hey, hey you knock him out. This is what I see with Ryan Neal is that you talk about Jordan Brooks. He covers up the center and then he drops out. What I like about it is this three technique. I believe that's Quentin Jefferson. Now he attacks the center. So he goes from that three technique all the way to like a zero. And what that does, it grabs the attention of the center and then it grabs the attention of that guard right there. And Neal just sneaks around finds the the gap and shoots it and gets after that quarterback. It happens so fast. I can imagine Total being a quarterback back there. This. Happens so fast, so quickly. And uh, big ups to Ryan Neal. All he does is make big plays, that Ryan Neal. That's all he does. And, again, I'm going to give the coach hurt. And I'm, I mean, clearly they saw the way they pick up certain look. And in this one, they thought they could run this it, what looked like a blitz uh, at the start was really just a four-man rush. And the one nice thing I forgot to mention, everybody's pretty deed up. I mean, we, we locked up on all their receivers. So there yeah. really wasn't anywhere to throw it to. Yep. All right, this next play, Ken Walker scores his second touchdown as a pro, 11-yard run. Underneath handoff to Walker. Cuts back outside to the 10. Stiff arms a man to the 5. He is in! Touchdown, Seahawks! Ken Walker, the third, from 11 yards out. Carries it into the end zone on the left side. Nice job by his offensive front. Great job by Geno getting him down there. His second career touchdown. He is one happy man. And the Seahawks now double up on Arizona, 18 to 9. Man, I really love this run more. And the reason why I do is just the creativity of this thing. You got... um. I believe that is Kobe Parkinson on the right side next to Abe Lucas. So what they do is like a delayed counter. Typically on your counter, you guys are guarding your tackle, um, starting on the right side, and they're pulling to the left side. What they do is they pull uh, Kobe Parkinson and the right guard. And instead of just hitting it right now, and when you run these counters, right, if I'm running a counter to the left side, typically I have my running back to the right side of the pool, except they go, no, we're going to put him on the left side. All right, we're going to make these linebackers think, okay, if he's on the left side, typically what's he going to do? Cross the QB's face and give him that zone look. You got all that action going on up front. Instead of crossing Geno's face, um, Ken Walker is nice and patient. Geno, the timing is good. You got that right guard that pulls. You got that tight end that pulls. And then you got bodies on bodies. Man, I love the violence that's going on in the box right here. And then the rest is just Ken Walker, man. He gets the football. He gets outside. He does like a little hop, skip, stiff arm, something I've never seen before in football. There's not too many things where I look at film and say I've never seen that before. This guy did that, and I'm like, I've never seen it. It works. It freezes the safety, and he scores a touchdown. 
Ken Walker is a creative runner with the ball in his hands. Yeah, there's so many cool things to this. You mentioned it, they run a, a counter trap and, and bring uh, Phil Haynes over. And Phil trips initially. It looks like his foot, feet get caught up in maybe with our center, but still has enough athletic ability just to, to, to screen uh, the, the edge uh, defensive end there. There's some good blocking here, but for the most part, yeah, I'm going to put this one on Walker. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember we, we had a running back, Kurt Warner, back in the early 80s. Uh, Kurt, Warner, Kurt Warner, the running back from Penn State. Great running back, just instinctive vision. And the coaches used to get mad because sometimes they'd say, Kurt, stay with the hole. And then after a while, they said, you know what, we got to let him have his freedom because right. his big plays come from something that he just sees naturally. Because I'm looking at this play. This play is definitely up the middle i mean they they kick the end out so there's there's room up the middle and and there's some space there but i see both safeties coming in to squeeze up the middle between the hash marks but if he hits it you know maybe he runs over one of the safeties he's definitely going to get another five yard we're going to get inside the 10 yard line on this for yeah. sure yeah probably inside the five but, man, instinctive runners do what they do. And he sees it. And I, 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 I ran this one over and over, and I go, what does he see? You know what he sees? I'm so fast. These guys are stationary. I can make this jump cut outside, and I can outrun them all. Uh -huh. And he outran the corner who's in perfect position. The guy couldn't, didn't even get a hand on him. And he's in perfect position to make this tackle. That is skill, man. So with him, he's going to make some jump cuts and some things where you go, ah, oh, stay with the hole. But I'll tell you what, 80% of the time, he's going to make that jump cut where you go, stay with a uh, great run. Way to go. You <laughs> broke it outside just like I wanted you to. Good coaching. I didn't tell you what to do on that one. But he is, uh, his vision and speed is something special. My coach, this is just getting started. My coach used to tell me, you get the football in your hands. Give your, your blocks a chance and then go for what you know. And that's exactly what we did. Give, give it a chance. Okay, this is where I'm supposed to go. Now I'm going to go for what I know. I'm going to do what I do. I think that's what we saw right there. He's gifted now. All right, this last play we're going to break down. Tariq Woolen gets his fourth interception on Kyler Murray. Seattle lines up four to rush on Kyler Murray, and they rush four. Murray steps up. He's going to throw deep down the sideline, and Woolen reaches up, and he makes another interception. Kidding me, Tariq Woolen, perfect position, intercepts his fourth in four games. And Woolen now has become the seventh player in franchise history to record an interception in four consecutive games. The last one was BB Brandon Browner back in 2011. More sooner or later, sooner or later they're going to learn not to test this man. Yeah, what look, you see? well. I, at first, I thought there we were running a Tampa, too, because you've got Jordan Brooks playing about 15 yards deep. Uh -huh. And so the old Tampa, two is the, the weakness of a cover, two is down the middle. And so uh, Tampa Bay way back when said, hey, we're going to get these really speedy linebackers, and they're going to run really deep down the middle of the field, and it almost turns into like a three-deep zone, yeah. even though uh, I've got my middle linebacker in the middle. So that's kind of a Tampa, two uh, history lesson there. And so <laughs> that's what I thought it was originally. But then... It, and then it's kind of a quarter, quarter, half. So it looks like we're playing kind of cover two up top. I don't know what we're playing. Here's what I do know. <laughs> they said, Tyreek Woolen, you're on your own, buddy. Yeah. You are. We're not helping you. Um, he's up in press. He gets the receiver to, to release outside. So now he knows he's got the sideline. He's pinned him to the sideline. You cannot throw deep on this guy. They're not going to do this very often. It's just, he's too tall, he's too fast. He ends up making it look like he's the wide receiver. It's such great coverage. Man, I, guys, th this rookie class is really special. And this kid, who's about what now? It's his, be his sixth game. He was fit. It's his 21, 21st game at yeah. corner. Yep. Uh, he's, he's light years ahead of where he should be. He's, he's special. Yeah, what's uh, impressive, we don't know what he's in, but a He's playing it like it's man. I think it is a form of man everywhere else, but I don't know. It doesn't matter. They tried to run a fade route, go route on him. Forget about it. Well, I'm sorry. I had to jump in on here because there's some breaking news in the NFC West right now. The Panthers are trading star running back Christian McCaffrey to the San Francisco 49ers. What? 
What? Yes, that is happening right now. And here are the terms. The Niners are going to get Christian McCaffrey. Oh, my god. The Panthers gosh. are getting a second-round pick in 2023, a third-rounder in 2023, a fourth-round pick in 2023, plus a fifth-rounder in 2024. Once again, Panthers trading Christian oh McCaffrey to the 49ers. Oh, my goodness. And so he'll play three or four games this year. Yeah. He's you, paper. You're way more He's calm paper. than me. I don't care. All he, all he did is he just took more touches away from Samuel. You're Look, too, I'm trying to spin it right now, you're too right? calm right now, man. Ah. I, I got to process this. Are y'all with me on this? McCaffrey with the Niners right now? Oh, my gosh. What's going on? You know what they do with running backs over there? That's going to be tough, man. No, it ain't going to be easy. Oh, man. Are we rapping right now, Nass? Are we rapping? Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're rapping. All right, we're going to get out of here. We, let's talk about this Honestly, off air. Okay, I thought guys? you were about let's to say about he was coming here. And by the way, my story would have been so much different. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. That was inside the film room. We broke some plays down. Tariq Willens' interception, Ken Walker's touchdown, Ryan Neal's sack. When we return, it's time to talk that talk. We'll break down some topics. He, he'll say he's right. I say I'm right. We'll see what happens there. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Let's talk about how these guys are going to perform this weekend what do they need to do offensively and defensively to stay in this game because you look at the chargers you look at them on paper they got a lot of names but there's some holes in their game like every team has their holes what needs to happen yeah you know i mean this ain't it's not rocket science and we've been talking about it a bunch and last week was one of the few times where you know defensively not give up big plays uh the only real big one was that you know, quarterback trap that went for about 40 yards on Kyler Murray, and we adjusted to that. They tried to run it again later in the game, and we stuffed it. Mm -hmm. um, and Jordan Brooks came over the talk and just took out Kyler Murray. So we, we learned. Um, I, I think, you know, Tyreek Woolen has is, is gotten better and better, and now he knows, okay, I, you know, if I don't know, go ahead and get deep. You know, we can't give up the big play. So I, I think that's the, the most critical thing. If we can do what we did last week against the run and really occupy their guard and center and let Jordan Brooks run to the ball, I think we'd be fine against the run. Um, offensively, you know, it's just like it's a simple one. Don't turn the ball over. Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how we play them, though, defense, our offense versus their defense. Yeah. Because they do. They play a similar type of defense. Um, they don't want to give up the big plays. They do have a pretty good front uh, in the, the, their interior line. But I, I got a feeling this will be a game that we're going to have to rely on Geno a little bit more because they're really going to emphasize trying to take away our running game. I agree. And I think it's, um, it's time for Geno again. Two weeks in a row, they weren't great on third down. And um, I think Shane Waldron is going to get back to doing what he does, which is being creative, the shifts, the motions. You got Ken Walker, who's proven that, look, I can handle 20, 25 carries a game. And uh, I think that the approach has to be underneath to start. I think initially throwing the football, the approach was, okay, let's take a couple shots early because they were anticipating teams taking away, which it probably, they probably did on film, taking away the underneath stuff. So it's about being patient and being efficient um, and I want to go after after JC Jackson from the very start mentally he's struggling we know he's a good ball player but you got to test him uh, defensively I think it starts in the back end and I think number 27 has a legit opportunity Tariq Woolen to have five games in a row with an inter interception because they throw the ball and on average 42 times per game they threw it 50 plus times uh, the last game so there is there are opportunities out there yeah, you stay with Eckler. You know, he, he can beat you in the running game and in the passing game. So uh, they're a pretty good screen team as well. But I like our chances. This would be a game that's not like going into Kansas City with, you know, 85,000, 90,000 sea of red. Uh, this is going to be a neutral game where we're going to be loud with 12s there. Um, we'll probably be louder than them. So I like our chances. We're going to have to play well. Special teams are we got to be special. Uh, we can't be losing games uh, on special teams. So count on them to have a big one, too. That is key. The defense did not give up a touchdown last week. That was the special teams. Um, a couple weeks prior, you got muff punts. You got fumbles. I think now they understand that, or not understand, but they've taken Tyler Lockett out of that punt return role, and we saw like DJ that. Dallas back there. Then we also saw D. Eskridge returning kicks. I think that's the way to go. That's what you get, got these guys for, these young guys. Put those young bloods out there and, and let them do their thing and let Lockett focus on just being the best receiver that he could be and just get after the quarterback. 
He's only been sacked seven times. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a tough one to sack. Um, we don't need to sack him. We need to hit him. Yeah. We need to make sure that we take away their primary and that he's not patting the ball back there and can look all over the field. Um, we forgot Gerald Everett's their, their tight end. He's their third re- leading receiver as well. So, you know, we know what he's capable of. You know, he's a good one. He's not great. He's not a guy that we, f- we have to fear matched up like uh, Kittle or something. Uh, but he's, he's, he's capable of, of hurting us. So, look, we're just going to have to play a great game. Every game we have to play great but if we do play great and we don't turn the ball over and we can get a couple turnovers well, we're capable of beating anybody this is a big game for the hawks yep and we can go four and three with the schedule coming up um you know san francisco just got mccaffrey so uh, we're gonna have to keep uh, the, the pedal on the metal and, and win some games the pedal to the metal yeah and um it is be efficient and cause a couple of turnovers justin herbert is more than capable of throwing for 350, 400 yards and lighten it up. Don't let him do that. Be as creative as you were against the Arizona Cardinals when it comes to stunts, to moving guys, to making the offensive line have to communicate. That is what I'm looking for. And then I want to see if Ken Walker can back it up two games in a row. Can you look the same way you did last week? I Yes, he can. He's that skilled. Now, will he get enough opportunities? That, that'll be the big one. we got to convert on third down. Um, and we need someone else other than Woolen to come up with an interception. Uh, so if we, if we can get one or two, uh, you know, if Woolen wants to get one, so be it. But I, I like your earlier uh, comment about Diggs. Uh, they like to work the middle of the field. Herbert's very good at it. Uh, let's see if Diggs comes up with one. All right, thank you to the people who hung around and won raffles. You guys are the luckiest couple in the world. Bless you and your endeavors in life. <laughs> but that is it for us. Special thanks to Phil Haynes, Boye Mafe for joining us, our board operator, Brady Robic, on-site engineer, Brenner Rogers, production assistant is Nashant Kandapudi, and our executive producer is Nasa Chobi. The CR Spaghetti Show is live this Sunday starting at 10 a.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bumas with Paul Moyer. We'll be back next week right here on Hawks Live.